So, uh, like Pastor Norm said, my name is Melinda Lovell, and I'm the youth director here at The Hope. And before I get started, I just want to open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity. I know it's not something that I would step into willingly. And so, as I go about doing it, um, this thing that you have called me to, I pray that you would be my words, and that this message that you have given me would impact your kingdom and would strengthen it. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, I'm the youth director here at The Hope, and it, it's an honor to be able to, I, I see a lot of my, my J hires and my senior high kids, um, I love getting to come into church every Sunday and be able to do that, and getting to go downstairs, I mean, we have a lot of fun, and this is just one Sunday, I'm just saying, you, you know, you get to put whipped cream in their face, it's great, and you know, whether it's Joey and Parker, they're always cracking jokes, making me laugh. And I talk with my hands a lot, and um, oftentimes I'll look back there and Joey's doing this, like direct, directing traffic. But it, it makes me laugh and it calms me down. Allison and Alicia, they, yes, thank you. Thank you, Norm. Um, Allison and Alicia, they're just like my hangout girls. They love to just talk about what's going on in their life, and I love that they feel comfortable enough to talk to me about what's going on in their life. And, you know, trying to get my shy ones to come out of their shell, it's like a lifelong battle for me. I won't mention them because they're shy, but, you know, they know who they are. Thank you for entrusting me to teach them the Word of God. I find it so rewarding to be able to do it every single week. And I love it so much that I can identify with Pastor Norm and the it's a miracle that he got that grade point average. I was not good in school, and uh, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, for me to be like, okay, I, I have to go to school, I have to do this so I can be the youth pastor, it's because one, God has called me, and two, because your kids make it so easy. And I've been teased quite a bit about, you know, do it here, can you do a funeral? Can you do this? And I'm like, eh, no, I don't want to. Um, it's usually by Pastor Barb, because like I said, she's, she's my mentor. But um, in a recent prayer time, I asked God, I'm like, is this really what you want me to do? If you, if you bring me the opportunity, God, I will say yes. And well, here we are, because like a week later, he's like, here you go. And I was like, great, thanks. I originally, though, I thought how ironic that I would be asked to give Mother's Day the Mother's Day message. Um, for those of you who don't know, I don't have children. Um, I have fur babies. So Charlie is the chihuahua that he always sits like that. He's so proper. And Rangers are little mutt. And then we have a very special cat named Piper. Don't, don't, you shouldn't feel like bad for him or anything because they get spoiled. Like sometimes I walk in and Aaron's carrying Charlie like a little baby, like scratching his belly and going, you're such a good boy. Charlie loves it. He will like literally run to Aaron to be picked up to be able to do that. But this is historically, it, it's been a hard, um, hard day of the year for me. And, you know, I just spoke a little bit about my struggles. We've, I've had surgery done. I've gone through fertility treatments. And we spent a lot of money trying to be able to be parents. And, you know, we spent countless hours in prayer, not just by us, but friends and family as well. And some of you, 
might have seen the two little foster kids we had running around with us, um, and we were blessed enough that we're still able to be in their life. Um, we're actually, um, their mother asked us to be their, their godparents, so um, that's a real blessing for us because we really did love them. They were a four and a two-year-old, and we had them for almost five months. And in that time, I gained a few perspectives on motherhood that I'd heard, like, mentioned, but to experience it was a little bit different. Um, the main one being exhaustion. <laughs> so being a mom is often a title that you get lost in. You're always taking care of another person, a lot of the times even at the expense of yourself. No thank yous are given, very often, but still you do it. And sometimes you might start wondering if what you're doing is really making a difference in your children's lives. But each band-aid placed on a scraped knee, each baking dish scrubbed clean, and I, when I was reading this part to my mom, she laughed, each never, refereeing of never-ending bickering matches. My mom can identify with that one quite well. It's all done unto the Lord. It's all seen, the big and the small. It all counts. He is constantly aware of you, even when you feel unseen and unheard. If you're here today, and that's you, feeling weary from the title of mom, there's no guilt in that. It is a very hard job to do. I want to encourage you, if you're thinking that you're not seen or not heard, he sees you. Psalm 139, 13, for you form my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. He sees you, and he knows you, because he formed you. The title of mom, like I previously mentioned, is an exhausting one. I remember the first week we got the kids, um, Pastor Norm stuck his head in the office, and he's like, so, how's parenthood? And I was like, exhausting. It is so, we went from like zero to 100 in no time flat. Um, and I, I felt overwhelmed. And so I get how moms can feel overwhelmed and inadequate with the task of taking care of their little ones. In my five months as mom, I was constantly on the phone with my mom, like, is this normal? Like, are kids supposed to do this? And there's no manual that perfectly explains each child. It would be so much easier if there was. And sometimes in, our, in your research, you get lost in the am I doing enough you start comparing yourself to others. It's kind of like the bane of social media, right? We, we, start, we see this perfect life, and then we start thinking that we're not doing enough. I know many times I ask God, why did you place these kids in our home? I have no idea what I'm doing. Thankfully, though, we serve a God of wisdom. All you have to do to receive it is ask. So if you're here today and that's you, and you find yourself with many questions and not very many answers, I want to encourage you to lean on Jesus, the one whom true wisdom comes from. Proverbs 31:26 says, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Many of you might not think you're a Proverbs 31 mother, and I feel like my mom probably would think the same thing. But whenever I'm having a problem, she's the first one I call. Even though she lives all the way in Texas, 
Like, I, I remember somebody was following me home one night, and I called my mom, and she's like, what am I, what am I gonna do? I'm in Texas. Logic, right? But the wisdom of my mom is treasured in my eyes. And my mom, she's a true Southern mama. This is, a, this is our nice picture, by the way. She's dealt with a lot raising us four girls. That's my, uh, my sister Sam being squashed in the front. We were a handful, and lucky for her, we found husbands that match our level of crazy amounts of fun. She, of course, passed on the mom curse. Luckily, I've gotten out of it so far. She used to, just to give you an insight into my mom, she used to throw things at us when we were younger. Actually, um, to be honest, she probably still does. Um, she still would. Um, but she threw it at us, and my dad, you know, he'd be doing off doing his own thing. And she'd be like, Kevin, did you see that? They just threw that at me. And my dad, not knowing what was going on, would then, like, turn around, and he would be like, if you throw one more thing at your mom, you're going to get grounded. And then she'd throw it at us right in front of him and then start cackling. And so we'd throw it back, and he's like, I'm not playing around. Stop throwing things at your mom. Her other favorite thing to do is terrify us, um, like army crawl down the hallway so she's not seen or heard just to jump out at us. It's probably the reason I don't like suspense or horror films, to be honest. <laughs> but other than teaching me how to scare children and um, get them in trouble, she taught me really important things, like family is important and to love with all I have, regardless of who that love is directed at. And whenever I'm having a day, I will call my mom. If I'm sad, I call my mom. If I'm mad, I call my mom. And you're on now, now on her list. Every mom has a list when someone hurts their baby, right? Biblically speaking, according to Proverbs 31, moms open their mouth and wisdom comes out, right? Moms have this amazing ability to lift us down when we're, lift us up when we're feeling down. God made you special. He's given you all the tools needed for the task at hand. The love of a mother knows no bounds. My mom would probably do some pretty sketchy stuff for me if I asked her. I'm kidding, of course, halfway. But my point being, I know my mom has my back. And she's a blessing to God, from God to me. And we didn't always have the best relationship, me and my mom. Like I said, I, I was a handful. And I tended to lean as close to the rebellious side as a good kid possibly could. Like, I didn't do drugs. I didn't smoke anything. I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't sneak out. But like I said earlier, I was not good in school. But that was on purpose because I knew it made my mom mad why I would fail classes on purpose just to make her mad, I don't know. It didn't really affect her future, did it? But that, that was the route I went. But through us both coming to Christ, God has restored that relationship. And now I just, it's hard to not look back on all the wasted time. Sorry. <laughs> Teens, this is where I'm looking at you. She might be overbearing and annoying at times, but there's a farmer's commercial, right? 
She knows a thing or two because she's seen a thing or two. Treasure the wisdom of your mom. My mom, even though she doesn't think she is, is a Proverbs 31 mother. Happy Mother's Day, Mama, to you out there. She's going to be watching this later. I will rise up and I will call her blessed. I mean, look who she has to entertain her for daughters. If you're wondering, yes, that is Laramie I'm running over. I'm pushing the whole thing. So... As important as my mom is to me, she's not the only mom I have. My mother-in-law was a beautiful soul. She taught me strength and tremendous faith in the God we served before she passed away. Try to keep it together for this part. She was a five foot nothing, 100 pounds soaking wet firecracker for the Lord. If you didn't really know her, That description might seem a little off to you, because if you didn't really know her, she was kind of quiet. But if you knew her. She was still so tender, though, and she called me over to her hospital bed. Oh, sorry. She told me how happy she was that I was becoming a level and that she got to see it. She passed away four months later. Gosh. Just to give you some insight into her personality, this is my favorite story of her. One night in the middle of in the middle of the night, Aaron's like, it was 2:58 a.m. He remembers. Uh, A 16-year-old kid crashed into their garage, and uh, he messed up the track on the garage door. And his car was flattened. He walked away without a scratch, praise God. But because his car was totaled, it was smoking. I don't know whether it was about to catch fire, if it was just steam or whatever, but the smoke from his car was filling the garage. And my mother-in-law, bless her little heart, thought the garage was on fire. And so she's yelling at my father-in-law, get the cars out, get the cars out. But the track of the garage door was broken, so they couldn't get the, the cars out. And she just, like, yells out, praise, praise God that my father-in-law was there, because there would have been a bigger hole in the garage, because she says, just get in, floor it, and ram the doors. <laughs> if you knew my mother-in-law, you'd be like, yeah, I can see that. I can see her doing that. And that's one of my favorite stories of her. I thought I'd share it, but she was a woman of great faith. I like to call her the Naomi of mother-in-laws. For those of you not familiar with the story of Ruth and Naomi, I'll paraphrase it for you. But Naomi and her husband, they moved to a foreign land. Unfortunately, he passes away. Ten years later, his sons, who were both married, um, had become married to um, women, Orpah and Ruth. Um, her sons pass away 10 years after her husband. Naomi then says that she is going to go back to her home, and her two daughter-in-laws, they're like, oh, well, we'll come with you. And Naomi tries to stop them, and she says, why would you come with me? I have nothing for you. 
I, you know, even if I were to get married today and get pregnant, would I have a son? Like, would you wait? Go, no, go back to your father's house. You're still young. You can get married or get remarried. And Orpah listens to her mother-in-law's advice and goes back to her father's house. Ruth, though, makes a declaration and a commitment to Naomi that where she would go, Ruth would go. Naomi's people would be her people, and Naomi's God would be her God. Much like Ruth followed Naomi, I would have followed my mother-in-law just about anywhere. I'm so blessed that I was able to have her in my life for the short amount of time that I did. For those of you who don't realize that um, Aaron looks just like his mom. <laughs> but this is a two-sided message, though. I don't want to, and I don't feel like God wants me to, just focus on those in the room who have physical children in their homes. The women who have had the most spiritual impact on me isn't my biological mom. It's not my mother-in-law. It's spiritual moms. And I feel it would be an injustice to all the women who are not my biological mom or my mother-in-law, but have helped me so much in my walk with Christ to not mention the importance of a spiritual mother. Amen. To go back and use Ruth and Orpah as examples, I recently learned some information that quite literally blew my mind. And I literally, when I was telling everybody, like I called my mom, I told my father-in-law, told Aaron... But we all know Ruth had Naomi, not just as a mother-in-law, but as a mentor. She had that godly influence in her life. And we know from the book of Ruth that she then goes on to become the grandmother of David. Orpah, who after going back home to her father's house, loses the godly influence of her mother, or her mother-in-law, goes on to become the mother of none other than Goliath. Yeah, I see y'all shake shock, shock faces. Listen, I was like, what? Blew my mind. It's a stark contrast, but I think it is an important one to say because it does an amazing job of showing how important having that godly influence in spiritual mother in your life really is. Spiritual moms are needed more than ever in our world today. Women who will come alongside those who need you and give guidance, whether because like Aaron, his earthly mother is no longer here, or like me, mine lives all the way in Texas. I believe it's our godly duty, ladies, to find someone who is younger than us and train them up and help form the form and build a firm foundation of truth. Amen. Throughout the years, I've had many women come and go in my life who I called mom. They were friends, moms, or just women I looked up to. But they've come alongside me and walked me so lovingly down the path that he has for me. And trust me, at times it's not easy. Leading me to or through something that God wants, he's like, all right, you're ready. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not such as being up here. It's like trying to drag a horse to water. 
It ain't happening. I ain't doing it. I dig my heels in. I become very, very stubborn. Don't believe me? Ask Aaron. (laughs) Many women at this church have been like a mom to me at one time or another. For time, I'm only going to mention a few of them, okay? But I love you all. There's Mama Mary. Every Sunday, she greets me with, uh, hi, darling, how are you? Kiss on the cheek. And she asks how my week is or how I'm doing. But the thing is, why it's so important to me that she does that is she doesn't just, it's not just, hey, how are you doing? And keep walking. We all do that sometimes. We don't really care how your week is. But she does. She actually stops and she wants to know how my week is. Thank you. It's a highlight of my week. Miss Claudia, unfortunately, she's not here today. If you don't know Miss Claudia, get to know Miss Claudia. She is a ray of sunshine. You cannot be, you cannot be down when you're around Miss Claudia. She's a great hype woman, I might add. When I do tithes and offerings, it's, it's getting in front of people is not something that I enjoy doing. It's not like, woo, fun times. But her amens are good word. They always give me a confidence boost and like, okay, Melinda, you are on the right path. You're on the path that God wants, so just keep going. Grandma Rosemary, where you at? There you are. She has such a sweet spirit. If you, again, if you don't know Grandma Rosemary, get to know Grandma Rosemary. She's, such, she's one of the sweetest people I've ever met. But that woman is a powerhouse of prayer. She's taught me so much. when it comes to walking in the authority of God. Literally changed my whole walk. Sorry, gotta get together. There are really two who stand out though, who have been used by God to love me, pray for me, feed me, spiritually speaking, sometimes, physically speaking, too. And the most important one, kick me in the butt when I need it. (laughs) I told y'all I'm stubborn sometimes. God has brought healing and restoration to my heart through these two ladies. The first I met when I joined the praise team, but it was not until I went up to get prayed for one Sunday. And unfortunately, she's not here either, but that's okay. Sue Clare was put in my healing path. She lovingly walked beside me and prayed with me. She helped me understand what walking in my healing and living in the peace of God really meant. Oh, gosh. I remember right after my granny passed away. My granny and papa lived with us um, for a big chunk of my childhood. And when she passed away, I took it pretty hard. I fell into a bit of a depression. um, And I didn't let anybody know because I was ashamed of it. Because I'm like, you're a Christian. Come on, get your stuff together. 
And I remember one day I was, um, I was sitting in the, on our bedroom floor texting Aaron, and he's like, do I need to come home from work? Are you okay? And I'm like, I'll be fine. It's fine. And God was like, you need to call Sue. And I was like, God, I don't want to bother Sue. <laughs> and he's like, call Sue. And I was like, fine, I'll call her. But I didn't. I just texted her. Because who talks on the phone now? <laughs> but I sent her a message, and I was like, I'm having a really hard day. And she called me, and she was like, talking me through it, but she helped me not just that day, but she walked me through the grieving process. And I want to say to Sue, hopefully you watch this later, thank you for listening to God and being willing to come alongside me and pray with me so many times. The second, I've got to keep it together. Whew. second is Pastor Barb. She's taught me more than I have time to even list. She's not just a mentor to me. She is not just a spiritual mother to me. I've adopted her into my family, and I into hers. I'm an honorary Oberlin. I would say I'm the daughter they never had, but they have daughter-in-law, so it doesn't really work out, does it? She gets me back in line just as quick as my real mom would, too. Like, no joke. Kicks me in my butt when I need it. And she's had the pleasure of dealing with my very dense, stubborn side. Like, sometimes she'll tell me something, and I'll be like, uh, could you repeat that? Like, three times, and she's like, Melinda, come on. It's a real treat, trust me, if you've never seen, got to experience it. She's given me amazing advice, and I think I want to say it's Sister Warnick who um, passed this advice on to her, and then she passed it on to me. Set a timer for, was it, five minutes? Cry it out, and then figure out what you're going to do. She's prayed for me countless times for God to work through me and in me. This morning, she ran over and prayed for me real quick before I came up. And I'm sure she'll probably shake her head, but I know I've bugged her quite a bit <laughs> as I step into this call that God has on my life. I'm timid by nature, if you didn't catch that, catch on to that. I don't like doing the things that God wants me to do. I don't like getting up here. I don't like stepping into that calling. It's not who I feel like I am but I know that that's who God is calling me to be. And she's come alongside me very, very patiently, I might add. <laughs> and so lovingly put her hand on my back and pushed me forward when I needed it, such as today. <laughs> Thank you for being willing to come alongside me. And to put up with, let's be honest, it's not just me. You get me and Sarah. And us together, we are a handful. <laughs> Trust me, we are a big handful. But she leads us so very patiently. <laughs> Titus 2, 3-5 gives a brief glimpse of the importance 
of the role of spiritual mothers in the church, with Paul instructing Titus to ask older women to act in the, younger, in the lives of their younger counterparts. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Both men and women need spiritual mothers. In the early days of the church, it was to model what a Christian was. And in modern times, that need, it hasn't gone away, and it seems just as important. Many young people, like myself, live far from their parents, or like Aaron, their mother is no longer here. And naturally occurring intergenerational community is rare. That's what we have here. So what does it mean to be a spiritual mother? It means using some of the same skills that moms already use in the relationship with their child. A spiritual mother is someone who nurtures. Mothers nurture their children, caring for them, soothing them, and providing an environment in which they can grow. And we can nurture Christians as well, caring for them in both practical and, in, and less tangible ways. Spiritually speaking, our interest in them and our willingness to be authentic can create a space where they can safely grow. That's what Pastor Barb's done for me. She's created a space where I can safely grow and screw up and her go, yeah, I would maybe do it that way next time. Spiritual mothers push. Good mothers don't simply soothe or reassure their children. They also gently push them to try new things, to keep practicing and develop skills and confidence. Spiritual mothers don't let people stay where they are. We push people not necessarily in the direction that we want them to go, but in the direction that God is pulling them. That's what Sue did for me. She didn't let me stay where I was. That's what Pastor Barb does for me. She never lets me stay where I'm at. She's like, you're uncomfortable? Good. God can work. <laughs> a spiritual mother is someone who can share wisdom and impart vision. Mothers teach their children both intentionally and unintentionally, formally and informally. Spiritual mothers have both knowledge and wisdom to give, and they can help younger believers see things from completely different perspectives. They help Mothers help their children see what's possible and envision their own success in the future. A spiritual mother helps people develop vision too, particularly for how God can use them and what it might mean to take steps of faith. That's another way Pastor Barb kind of helps me. She, you know, we, we form a plan. We have weekly meetings as my mentor. That's kind of part of the curriculum, but even before that, we had weekly meetings to, you know, what are your plans, ministry speaking, how do we get there? 
I used to think I was too young to be a spiritual mom to someone. I'm only 32. I mean, I'm like, I'm too young. And then I realized it's exactly what God is calling me to. Like I said, I believe we're all ladies. It's our godly duty. We're all called to be a spiritual mom to someone. For me personally, Mother's Day, it's not hard for me anymore. And it's not hard because if you have a junior or a senior high student, then you should know I call them all my kids. Even my family calls them my kids. I've taken on the responsibility while they're in my care to give them and teach them a firm foundation, to love them with all the love of Christ, and to be a person they can talk to when they just need to vent, or to just be there for them. My kids, all right, I'll give them back over to you. Your kids are who God has given me to be a spiritual mother to. I absolutely love that I get to be with them every Sunday. And we're going to be starting senior high events up here soon. And guarantee, I'm going to love that too. These kids, they show compassion and the love of Christ every time we meet. And I'm honored that I get to be a part of their journey. And I'm often, more times than not, in awe of the tenacity of faith that they show. These are all learned things, though. If you have children in your home, first of all, you are making a difference, and it shows. So if you have children in your home or you're just a spiritual mom to someone, you are blessed. You get to help lay the foundations that will lead them into or through adulthood. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. What an honor and a blessing to be able to pour into someone else's life on the account of Christ. Ooh, need to take it down a minute. Ooh. I suppose the message God wants to say to everybody is simple. I see how hard you work, or that you did work, to raise your children in my ways. Keep going and you will be blessed. To the spiritual moms, thank you for taking on a role that by obligation you had none. Yet still you listened and obeyed. You came alongside those who needed you. You will be blessed. I would like all the ladies who are 18 or older to stand up, please. And my teens, my kids, are going to uh, come around and pass out a gift that we have for you. It's a reminder that motherhood, spiritual motherhood, is a blessing from God. As hard as it is, and I know, trust me, it's hard sometimes. I was only mom for five months, and 
That was a lot of work. (laughs) And I want to say thank you to all of you. You are making an impact in people's lives. Even if you don't feel like you are, you are. Like, Mama Mary, did you know that that meant so much to me? It's really the little things in life that really get to you, isn't it? Oh, man. I didn't cry this much when I practiced this, I'm telling you. Everyone else, I want you to... No, you guys stay standing. We ain't done. That's all the gifts, but, you know, we're not done. Everyone else, I want you to stretch out a hand or two. Just go all, all around <laughs> to any woman that's close to you. And I want you to join me in praying over them. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these women. Whether they're raising kids or they're just being a spiritual mom to others, you have given them this special assignment. And it's an assignment that will have a lasting impact. I pray that these women get to see the fruits of their labor and that those whose lives they've impacted will rise up and will call them blessed. I pray as they get showered with love and affection today, not just from those around them, but that, Lord, you would pour on the the joy of the Lord so much that they would not be able to stay quiet and their hearts could not contain it. Again, thank you for each one of them. I pray that they would have a abundance of blessed an abundance of blessing Lord in their life in Jesus name amen now you can sit down I have one more assignment for everybody in the room (laughs) I want you all to take time out of your day today. Now, you're all going to call your moms and tell them Happy Mother's Day. Do the Facebook post, whatever, right? We all do it. But contact someone, someone in your life, a spiritual mother, who's made an impact on your life, and tell them what an impact it's had on, on you and your life and your walk with Christ. I know that they would be so excited to hear from you and to know what an impact that you, they've had on your life. And I want to close in prayer, but first I want to say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. God, I pray as we go about our day today and throughout the week that we remember to pray for these women that came to our minds today. 
bless this day as we go out and celebrate the wonderful gift you've given us that is mothers. And keep us safe and bring us back together to praise your name. Amen. Have a blessed day.